Yo, what's up, my fishy people? It's Evan with Spinex Designs Tackle here, and this is another episode of the podcast. If I'm correct, this is episode four. And so I hope you guys are having a good day. We're going to be talking a little bit about fishing, talk about a little bit about other things. It's going to be a pretty cool little talk, I, I feel like. And we're just enjoying the beautiful weather. We're actually parked outside. We're looking at the water right now. Today's a bluish, I, I would say blue sky with some, some clouds there. We got a lot of smoke, or um, I would say... I don't know, just haze or mist. Honestly, it's rain that's coming up the valley. And we've been having all day rain today and last night. It's been raining pretty good. But that doesn't stop the steelheaders out here looking for some steelhead. And I've seen a couple people fishing today. I've seen a couple people plunking. And that's one more thing that we're going to be doing many more episodes on and many more talks is plunking. Plunking is something that's super cool. And it just it like pulls me to it. I feel like plunking is going to be the next just step for fishing something else to learn you know there's so many other methods in fishing to learn but plunking could be this one for me right now because we got some high water it's moving pretty fast it's got a greenish brownish tint to it and all all around it's looking like some good plunking water i know you could tie up some spinning glows for that you could use spinning glows and bait I know there's a whole bunch of different spinning glows you could use. There's normal spinning glows, which would have the body with painted designs on it. And then the wings would either be white or black. I'm not sure if that's the normal one. But then I know there's one with mylar wings. And with mylar wings, you're going to get that reflectiveness because it's like a reflective tape. And the whole wing shape is covered in the tape. So when the sun or any ultraviolet rays come down into the water and pierce through your turbidness, your dirt, your mud... And hey, maybe it's a little green or clear where you're fishing at, so the mylar is going to work in your favor in all times of plunking, I would say. It's really reflective. It's going to catch just a fish, fish's eye. And why you want to do that is it could give you the advantage over a normal um, spinning glow with white wings or black wings, or those could be the ticket on the day the mylar wing isn't working. So it's always good to have a whole bunch of options ready to go on the river. And what I mean by that is the night before you go fishing, I suggest, you don't have to do this, but it will save you a lot of time on the river, and that's valuable time for everyone. So what you do the night before is you could get your your leaders ready, your rigs ready. So if you're going to be plunking, you know that. So make sure in your bag or your tackle box, whatever you so choose, make sure you got your weights all together and ready to go for tomorrow. That could be your lead weights or your other weights that you plan to do some drift fishing with or some plunking with because those two go good together. Drift fishing worms, that's another thing I want to get into, but it's another technique of fishing that's on my list, of course. But you got your your plunking, so you got all your weights, your maybe your 3 ounces to 8 ounces or your 5 to 12. Who knows how heavy you are going to use. It's all dependent on the CFS and the flow of the water because... The heavier weight you use is going to keep you hypothetically in the position of your cast where you're trying to be, and it's not going to drag bottom. And I hear there's like a lot of conversation about what is the best weight for your plunking, and I've heard that the flat bottom weight that looks like a coin that has a little indent works really good for plunking. That's the one a lot of people use, but a lot of people also use the pyramid sinkers. So I'm going to try to get in to a little bit of both to see what I like better for my plunking rig. I know last winter I did a little bit of plunking on my local river and I think I had a couple bites 
if I remember correctly, I only did it for, I don't know, a couple days out of the season. I did a lot of other fishing, but back to the plunking part, it was really cool. I had my weight down in the water. It was on this super good bend of my river where the fish would come up into this seam line because the fast current was on the other side of the river and the current on my side of the river was, you know, slower and it was moving down at a slower pace compared to the current line and then the fast moving water right next to it, if that makes sense. So you had that slower seam coming up the side of the river and I'd cast my plunking gear out there and the fish are always going to take the path of least resistance. That's something to know whether you're going to try to find them when they're holding in the river or you're going to try to go for them plunking. Just know, look for the resting spots. You could also call them the comfort, comfort spots. That's what I read in one of the books I like to read. It was Drift Fishing by Bill Herzog. He's a very good uh, angler with the drift fishing and all around he's just really cool to watch and learn from i watched a lot of his and read a lot of his spoon fishing that's another one i want to get into next after plunking would be spoon fishing but we're getting off topic we're talking about plunking so with plunking get your weights all separated and then you could get your leaders ready so your couple mylar spinning glows and then you could use a couple spinning glows that have black wings or white wings and if hey if you're using all three of those spinning glows on your plunking session you're going to want to uh look to see which ones may be catching the most fish because that's pretty important and when you recognize that none of them are catching fish and you're like hey what do i do i've got these three spinning glows rigged up it's all i got and what are some extra tips or a tip that could help me out in that situation where you don't have any more spinning glows and you would sacrifice the time to tie up another leader rig, your spinning glow rig, for your plunking setup, but you don't have any more? There's things I've read and heard, and with spinning glows, you could take off one of the wings, and when you take off one of the wings, it's still going to make its 360 motion, but it's going to do a lot more wobble and rotation, and it's going to look more wounded into the fish that is going to attract them more because they always like to target the weak fish or the weak like item in the food chain when they're in the water because they're hungry and they're ready to keep, keep going upriver. They only feed, like steelheads specifically, they only really feed on small invertebrates and other small items in the river that they so choose on their days because who knows with steelhead they like to be picky with whatever they like to eat sometimes we all know that they're excuse me sometimes they're called the fish of 10,000 cast 1,000 casts it's all dependent on how good you are fishing for them you could be lights out fishing for them or so, someone could be just learning the game you know who knows you could be drift fishing and that has a tendency to lose some gear more often than float fishing float fishing is a very silent and easy way to enter a hole i recommend drift fishing if you're going to to the river to drift fish maybe bring a bobber rod a bobber set up and then what i recommend is going to the river you got your bobber set up with your jig or your bead or however you like to fish with your bobber it could be any setup you cast it out there and it's more of a silent presentation it's not dragging along the bottom you're not going to have line of your drift fishing rig rub up against the fish sometimes that happens sometimes it might scare the fish it might spook the bite or it might not it's completely dependent on the fish and what they're feeling like if they get heavily pressured in that area quite often they might be a little more line shy so you might have to use a little bit lighter test but i recommend back to what i was saying with your your bobber rod it's more of the silent presentation and when you go over into the hole you cast out and you're doing your float right across them over top of them they're not having anything maybe like i said 
hitting against them. They're having a more silent presentation over the top of them. And then say you don't get any bites, no bobber downs or anything like that with your, your bobber setup. Then you could switch over to the setup like drift fishing where it's a little more aggressive. It's a little more in their face and it's going to be going down the river system. You're hopefully going to be bumping into a fish or two and they're going to see your presentation and they're going to be like, okay, this is it. I'm ready for it. And they hit it and you're like, what is this? And you're hooked up and then you get that adrenaline and you're like, man, then you're addicted for quite some time. I haven't caught one. I caught a pretty nice coho on a twitching jig, the half ounce Seattle Seahawk. It was the team captain edition I like to tie up. You know, it's obviously the colors of the Seahawk. I caught my first coho. I'm looking for my first steelhead. I'm pretty excited for it. So I'm using a whole bunch of different methods. Who knows when I'm going to get it on first. I like to use spinners. You guys know that. I'm starting to get really into the, the drift fishing. I'm starting to get even into the bobber fishing and the plunking. And I got like four things, fishing techniques on my plate that I'm trying to learn. And the one I'm going for maybe next weekend or the next time I go out, I'm going to, I think I have most of the components in stock for my plunking setup, whatever they're going to be biting on like that, that day you could base it off of how many fish you've caught on this river, maybe in this part of the river that you've come to fish again with what kind of method and what kind of colors. And that kind of translates into a few different methods, whether that be beads to uh, like a solid bead color or a molted bead color or a half and half bead color, or it could be a jig to where say an orange head of a uh, jig and then I don't know, a purple or blue uh, bucktail and uh, excuse me, marabou on there, you know, m made up and looking all nice. And then the bead that was catching something the other day, it could have been a molted yellow with red, or it could have been a pure pink bead. And sometimes it doesn't translate exactly over to what you're fishing for with a spinner to your drift setup, whether you're drifting a worm if it's heavy water conditions, or you could be using yarn, and that different color yarn could totally not translate over to a lure. I'm all talking about design right now. It could be your color design or exactly what the steelhead wanted on that moment when it was thinking, oh, this is in my face. It's in my zone. I don't really like it. I'm going to try to get it out of my zone, out of my face. And then it hits it and you're like, oh man, this is a steelhead. What? So my plunking setup, I do need a couple extra bead chains. I know that it's always good to have some extra weights, whether you're flat bottom coin weights, and I'm sure there's a couple more names for them, or you could have your pyramid weights in your various sizes. It's always good to be stocked up. You could have a good amount of bead chains, and you could have a good amount of line sliders on there that hook your weight onto it, or you could have a couple other extra items like hooks in your leaders when you're running your leaders off your dual lock snaps if you're plugging with the option of plunking or you could be running your normal spinning glow setup you're going to be running normally if it's high turbine fast moving water you're going to be running 15 to 20 to 25 pound test line real thick line which the fish they might not be too line shy because they're running up the river and they're going to be seeing your presentation from hopefully the back side because they're going to be swimming up sorry the front side because they're going to be swimming up the river and you, they're going to be looking at it whether it's your spinning globe properly placed in a seam line that the fish like to run or you have it right off the seam line into a resting area where you're getting seam fish that are coming up the river to travel and there might be some fish holding in that pocket that's right across the the, the seam from the fast moving water to the slow moving water you could be right in the middle so if the fish decide to go up the fast moving water right on the cusp of it of the slow moving water that you could get those fish and then the fish 
fish that are more close to the bank, they could be wanting the more path of least resistance, which all path, all fish normally do want the path of least resistance. Whatever way they could expend the less amount of energy to get the distance they're trying to go, that's the way they're going to do it. So with plunking, it's always a good idea to sit and wait. You're going to want to give either your baits or your lures, your attractants, 15 to 25 to 30 minutes. Hey, you could be sitting at this spot all day, and it could be a pretty good spot. You and your friend could go down there, you hanging out, and make sure to bring one of those little pop-up tents that like everyone in sports uses and everything else they're super multi-use um i'm gonna get one for my little pop-up markets that i do i normally do those when it's not raining constantly like in the summer and then i travel for a couple of events that i'm getting more nowadays uh new events and uh, the events that i like to go to repeating events they're always fun they're always cool i always learn something new and i always meet new guys and meet new people and it's always super cool i really enjoy that experience of getting out hanging out with you guys hopefully nowadays doing some more fishing with you guys because i get a lot of requests and sometimes it's just a little hectic to get out of the workshop so i'm trying to make more time to get out on the river especially hang out with you guys and meet up with you guys and do fishing so let me know if you guys want to hang out and do some fishing sometimes i'm definitely not available and i am very busy everyone that knows me or follows me on social media they might notice that or they might not but my schedule is filled quite a bit most of the time <laughs> and sometimes I do have to take a necessary break to ease my mind and get out on the river because a lot of you are like me and we're all similar the water is like home to us or it soothes us or you just like hearing the water pour through the rocks I like all of it nature rain all the experiences that you get with being on the river whether that be freezing fingers like today I went and scouted out and did a little bit of fishing on my river with my brother it was pretty fun and I had my fingertips, they were like, I don't know, strawberry red. I could, I could barely feel them, barely move them. And my big toes were completely solid frozen. Like I have three to four layers on. And if you know me, I'm a, like a person that doesn't like the cold too much. So I will do everything I can to not be cold. So like right now I'm wearing two or three layers with my pants, my, I think they're excuse me, my thermals, and then I'm wearing my uh, joggers too. So I got a couple layers on, and then my jacket, I got like two jackets on, a long sleeve, and then my other warm jacket. So I'm trying to come stay completely warm. And then there's one thing I didn't remember to get were my gloves. I need to purchase some gloves and probably some wool gloves or maybe fishing gloves. I'm not too sure what are the best option to go with, but I'm going to look at my options and I'm going to see what I could work with because I'm tired of having my hands super cold and I can't feel them. That's kind of frustrating sometimes and it makes things hard to do when you're like trying to do a whole bunch of things with your fingers, trying to mend and then flip the bail and then let line out or it might not be challenging at all. Like sometimes like I just push through it and my fingers, you know, they can't feel them, but I can certainly move them still. So I'm moving them and making the motions and doing what I need to do necessary to get my presentation out there looking good, looking natural and looking proper. So we did talk a little bit about plunking, what you need, well, what to look for. Like another quick tip to look for when you're doing some plunking, you might know some certain holding areas that are on your river where the fish like to travel up in high water or normal water and they hold at these certain areas on your river. A lot of the rivers are all different, of course. There's no river that's the same, I would say. But each river has their own holding areas and comfort spots for the fish to be at and rest at. And so they normally have that below, sorry, below a riffle or a break. 
and when the fish want to go up those, they're going to rest at this holding area, and normally it's on the bottom, and sometimes there might be a waterfall in front of them or just a steep obstacle that they have to make it up and they're going to get their energy below the obstacle they're going to jump up or swim up and it could be some fast rapids or it could be a rock or a boulder or just a normal waterfall that steelhead are super acrobatic and they're full of energy just a big chrome object trying to fly out the water and jump up that waterfall and i've seen some not with my own eyes i've seen videos of steelhead making some pretty incredible leaps and I can't wait to see it with my own eyes because hopefully it'll be on the end of my rod and it's going to be a fish jumping out of the water doing some crazy flips and stuff like that. That's a steelhead. I know they get pretty crazy. Sometimes they're not too crazy. It all depends on how you hook them and the way you're fishing for them. Some steelhead, I've noticed just by listening and watching people, you have to use certain presentations to catch them, whether they're more like a get, get back into line chai and a more subtle presentation. So your float fishing, your jigs, and it could be your bait if it's allowed on your river. It could be a whole bunch of different options. Like sometimes you could use beads, but you like to use beads in other scenarios. You could have a, like off your jig, you could have your jig underneath your float for your settle presentation. And then you could run a bead trailer and you tie it like a nice knot to the bottom end of the jig. And then you have your trailer hook off of it with the bead. I've seen people do that. I'm not sure how often that setup is used, but most of the time you could attach, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, an extra lure, I guess they would call it. That could be your, your jig. And then you tie it on, you could have your bead in your hook so you could have almost two options to catch a fish so if the fish are super picky they could go after the bead and then they could go after the jig and if you're fishing with someone or someone else it's always pretty fun to guess when you catch something on what it is when you're running a two two dropper setup like or a one dropper setup like that you know your normal lure up top and then you got your bead dropper on the bottom you're like oh i wonder what it, we caught it on it could be the bead it could be the the jig five bucks on this five bucks on that you know it could be a little fun it could be a little game who knows but i know i'm trying to get out more on the river and catch some steelhead it's getting like the weather's pretty perfect we're just waiting for our river to go back down a little bit it's still pretty high the snow melt is running into the river it's a little bit more green than it was a couple days ago so it's starting to light lighten up with the watercolor and it's still moving a little bit faster than normal like i was saying we still have high water but it's still giving me the opportunity and still giving me the time to get out there and do some plunking and that's what i've been like getting into more i've been watching a lot of videos i've been reading a lot about it and i'm trying to stay as well informed as i can so i can share that information with you guys correctly and if i mess up in anything i try and i that I talk about, excuse me, I'm trying to, uh, you know, correct it. I'm not the master of anything. I don't, I'm not saying I know everything about anything. I just am well-rounded with whatever I try to point myself in, in that direction, if that makes sense. So if I'm trying to learn a new subject like plunking, I'm doing a lot of research, a lot of YouTube watching. I'm watching some very creditable guys and I'm watching some tapes and tricks videos and I'm watching a lot of people just on YouTube on how they do their plunking setup. I watched like four or five different channels last night of just people talking about plunking, what components you need, and all the extra steps and setups and the stuff that you want to be prepared for and look out when you're plunking. Like I learned that when you do a plunking setup, say you have your weight and then you have your spinning glow setup, you could set it up properly to where you have your duo snap when your line's already set up in the water with your plunking rig, you have your duo snap, and then you snap your duo snap on, and then you, you kind of lift your rod tip up pretty high, 
and then when the bill of the plug hits the water, it's going to start taking it down. And then it, if you properly set up your plunking rig, it's not going to interfere with your spinning glow rig. So you could have two lures in the water fishing for fish that you're trying to catch. And I think that's a good advantage. It's all dependent, again, on your river system. Sometimes they don't allow two setups like that or multiple hooks. It's all really like I get back into it. It's just dependent a lot of the rivers, they have their own regulations and their own rules, so you got to be up to date on your own river. And a lot of the times, you are, and you're staying up to date, and you're learning about it. And like I said before, the rules and regulations sometimes change overnight. Normally, they don't do that, but if it was as drastic as a change needed to be, I think it would be made, maybe not overnight, but it would be in a lot shorter time span than what we would see nowadays with fishing in general, I just try to talk about it and I'm trying to be a resource that people could go to learn stuff with. And I'm learning every day. I'm not the master of anything, like I said, trying to get better with fishing, with making gear, being an all round angler and just trying to be a teacher and be informing to you guys that might be getting into the sport of, you know, who knows, steelhead fishing, salmon fishing, all these different kinds of fish. I could be a resource is my goal for you guys to learn something and me learn something from you guys. Like I get back into, I, I don't know everything I'm learning every day. So I don't want that to be taken that way. I'm trying to learn new setups. So I'm pushing myself towards plunking. I do a lot of spinner fishing. Like I said, I'm getting more into your drift fishing, your bobber fishing, but plunking is my next option because I feel like it would be super good to use on the river conditions that I'm dealing with right now. High, fast moving turbid water. It's not too turbid to where it still has the greenish tint to it. The visibility is getting better, but it's not ideal for what I would like to have for spinner fishing. Certain areas on the river right now, they probably will be pretty good for spinner fishing. I like to throw a spinner everywhere I go, and that's what I did a little bit of today was my fishing on certain spots that I like to frequent. And I used the spinner, and it wasn't for a huge amount of time, like say 20 minutes, and then I switched out to the drift fishing setup, and then I switched out to the bobber setup. So I got three setups in right there, and then I switched back over to the bobber setup because I only had one rod with me. And sometimes you could bring two rods with you or as many rods as that you have that are allowed. And you can only have two rods fishing, I'm pretty sure, at least in my area. And super dependent on checking the rules and regulations with plunking, you might be able to use two rods fishing at the same time because that's manageable in that sense I'm getting at. But when you have, you can't drift fish or you can't bobber fish with two rods in your hands at the same time. If you can, please send me a video. I would love to see that and I would definitely repost that because that would be complete skill. And if you could hook fish and even catch them, I don't know how you'd start your reeling motion because you'd have to set at least one pole down or you have something going on to where that other pole goes in a holder or something on you. But it's always pretty cool to see what you guys do. And I'm always learning from you guys and trying to get better every day. So if you guys have any tips and tricks that I could start using in plunking, which I'm trying to get into more, please feel free to send me a message, share it. Feel free to reach out, guys. I want to hear from you and hear your opinions. And if you do a lot of plunking, any tips and tricks you guys are willing to share, I'm not asking for anyone's spots, of course. I would never be like that, and I never do that. I'm always just trying to learn more on the specific style of fishing I'm trying to get into, and that's going to be plunking for me. So tips, tricks, and hey, maybe a couple old ideas on maybe a different way to rig something up that might not be used in uh, this era of fishing anymore. 
if that makes sense. I know a lot of things, they go out of style, and sometimes it's quicker than others. So if you have a different way to rig up spinning glows or you have a different way to uh, rig up soft spinners, that's something I didn't talk much about in this podcast, but I'm going to talk more about it, are soft spinners. Those are going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely going to be plunking some of those, something I make up, of course, and I'm excited to see how it does, and uh, that could be the next thing on the website, more testing, and from there it could be pretty cool who knows i really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast look out for the next one if you need any gear handmade start to finish i recommend going to www.spinxdesigns.net and you're going to find a lot of my gear if you see something on there that you don't necessarily want to buy because it's not exactly what you want but you still want something made by me send me a message i could definitely get you a custom order ready and made up i'm open to doing that i do that a lot and trying to help you guys get the most fish on the bank or the boat and put a smile on your face with that quality handmade fishing gear thanks again guys i hope you guys like this and uh tune in the next one see ya